Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Back in the 60s and 50s, the house used to take 20 minutes to burn down. Yeah. Now, it's actually five minutes, less than five minutes. Five minutes. minutes. Welcome back to the latest episode of Strength Sessions. Lincoln, back in the studio. Good to see you again, big fella. Mate, um... It's out there in the world now. We can talk about your transformation. It's out of the bag, brother. We're, we've had, the, obviously, the special edition episode um, talking to you and Jono, but, um, you know, it's been kind of hard recording all these other episodes. I wanted to ask you how training's going, how the diet was going. Mate, how's it feel to be done with it now? Mate, I tell you, honestly, it's it's one of those things that it feels surreal because at the time you, you, you're going through it, it, it's like every single training session, every day, you're like, oh, like... It was so much. It, it's so much fun, but it's it, it's it's such a hard sort of slog changing everything about yourself, all these habits that you set. But then once it's all done, you reach you reach the end of your, your goal. You're like, where can I go to next? Where can I? What what can I? Like I, I want to keep this going. I'm feeling so good. I don't want to stop feeling this good. I don't want to stop sort of setting myself goals. I don't want to stop doing things that are making me smile. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's it's funny. It really did change you. And you know, as a mate, you yeah. know, we did that photo shoot um, one winter's morning up on Palm Beach headland, and then we were like, "Oh, well, let's go out." And you know, you've been on a diet for twelve weeks. Let's go out and have a big lads meal yeah. and and just what's going to be the celebration? And meal? you were like, "Oh, I really want uh, my oats and berries." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "We've broken Lincoln yeah. Lewis. He's drunk the man's health Kool Aid." Yeah, that's it. Mate. And I was like, "No way. We are going for ribs and chips, and it's going to be disgusting." <laughs> filthy but no i just want my my oatmeal i honestly felt like i was like no i just want a big bottle of sparkling water and uh maybe like just one of the one of jordan's meals that i was in but what i didn't realize i've never set myself these kinds of goals before you and i were talking about when 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 this whole thing first started we're both the same age now we're 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 in our 30s and before this it's it's you could do you could eat whatever and you go for a run or two runs and you you see it's gone yeah. Right. Like your metabolism kicks in. Everything's all sweet. It nothing's really a problem. And when I was doing home and away, like I was, I was eating like a lot all the time. But I'd go to the gym a couple of nights a week. I'd go for some runs. I'd go surfing, and everything was sweet. But once you hit that point where your metabolism slows down, it doesn't work like that anymore. And so leaving everything else out of the equation, just talking entirely about nutrition. Yeah. It getting into a good routine originally was hard, but when you get there, you don't want to stop. That that train's moving, and you don't want to stop it. It's um it's forming those habits and, and keeping them keeping them going. Yeah. But mate, um today we've got another guest in. We're back to our regular scheduled programming. We're an absolute <laughs> champion of a bloke so today. This is one of your mates, Trent Maxwell, who Maxie. most yeah. people will know as Maxi from Bondi Rescue. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So. So Maxie's obviously um, coming in today to chat to us, you know, obviously about his work on Bondi Rescue, but um, he's also a qualified, well, he's a professional firefighter. Mm -hmm. He's on Bondi uh, Rescue. He's an author now. He's written a whole bunch of educational books, um, the Maxie, the Lifeguard series. Yeah, and he's just um, won an award actually um, several, just a couple of weeks ago, he won a a, a very awesome, he had to fly down to Tassie. 
to win an award for one of his books. Yeah, which is actually while he was winning that award, that's how this podcast came about. You know, right. you and I are always texting, calling about about inspirational guests that we want to have on the podcast. And yeah. obviously Maxie's name came up. But um, it wasn't necessarily his work on the beach or, or in the fireys. It was more, I guess, his approach. And, you know, they're quite heavy jobs. Yeah. And he kind of seemed a no-brainer for this podcast given his strength, you know, in – staying uplifted and staying a positive role model while being faced with so many horrific situations. Absolutely. All right, well, um, let's jump into our chat and um, get Maxi into the studio. Get the big boy in. All right, welcome, Maxi. Thanks for joining us, mate. Thanks for having me. Man is here. Thanks for yeah. coming in, Maxi. No worries, yeah. brother. It's good <laughs> now, to see you. Um, obviously, a lot of people know you from Bondi Rescue, the TV show, but you're also a firefighter. How do you know Link? Because you guys are mates from way back, right? Oh, you, you go, Link. Many years, Daryl. Yeah, Daryl. Yeah, Daryl <laughs> both take brought us together. That's it. <laughs> Our mutual love for horses. Yeah. Uh, no, Maxi and I met through a, a mutual mate, and um, and uh, he, he was he was training me at the time, and uh, many years ago when I was living in Sydney, and. We, we all just caught up for a feed one night and Maxie and I just, we just got chatting for hours and there was just sort of stories and banter that just kept going. And you used to just come down the beach on, on your days off yep. from filming and stuff. And yeah, we used to so hang you, out. So the what beach. you're saying is you rescued him. I would have, <laughs> I, I was faking drowning yeah. just yeah, so yeah. Maxie could come yeah, and Yeah, mouth to mouth, yeah. 30 to two. <laughs> That's a classic Lincoln Lewis maneuver, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. I did, oh yeah, I'm not trying to amaze you. Yeah. Um, so Maxie, you obviously were the youngest professional lifeguard to have ever worked at Bondi Beach. How did you, get into lifeguarding were you a beachy yeah. kid what how did that Mate, come about so, so i was part of the south river surf club as a kid and um i knew i was never going to finish school i you know not not that was an excuse i wasn't that academically smart at school and i was always you know doing my sport and stuff like that and i always had a passion to become a firefighter as well and i knew that a stepping stone to get in the fire is eventually could have been a pathway through the lifeguards so um when i was 16 i knew i was going to leave school um I literally, like, <laughs> I emailed Bruce Hop- Hoppo, yep. um, the boss at the moment, as easy as that that is, you know, and he got back to me, said, yeah, you come down for a week, work experience, and did that when I was, I was about 15 then, and then they offered me a traineeship at 16, and I did that for three years, and then um, from 18 all the way to 24 to try for the fireys, so I knew that was like a... So that was Even still though, on the horizon. Well, you needed to do your HSC or have your Cert 3 to be, be a firefighter, um, or like the standard of education. Yeah. And because I obviously didn't finish school, I went to TAFE one day a week while I was doing my lifeguard traineeship just to get that that credential yeah, yeah. to get in the fireys. And so I turned 18, yeah, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Got in it when I was, in 20, when I was 24. So six times. So I was really persistent. Each year I just made sure um, you know, I was in with a chance and – all those years, I was full-time lifeguarding, um, heaps of medical experience, rescue experience, um, dealing with the public, community safety and stuff like that. Yeah. So kind of... Is, is there quite a bit of crossover between lifeguarding and, yeah, and being fired? Yeah, definitely. So a lot of people don't realise, but fire and rescue in New South Wales, we do not just fires, we do all sorts of stuff. We do car accidents, medical access, yeah. emergencies, um, storm damage, floodings, you know, you name it. Pretty much jack of all trades, one big toolbox. And my medical background with lifeguarding and having... I like to think I have a cool head when certain things hit the fan. Yeah. Um, and that was an attribute that, you know, the team that you, yeah, have yeah. taken on. And, um, yeah, that I bring that to the team of 
the little bit of the medical stuff. And so having that that cool head is a really interesting point because um, you know obviously in both your jobs, lifeguarding and, and being a fiery, you're confronted with some of the most horrific scenes imaginable. Um, you know, as a 16 year old, as a full grown man, it's kind of there's never an easy time to see those things. No. What I guess what are your strategies to to not take work home with you and not let well, that weigh you down? Well, I was literally thrown in the deep end. My first day, so I did I think like six months at Bondi just to kind of get you know used to the uniform, used to the beach, used to the equipment, and um, just before the summer season started, I think it was back in 2007. My first day at Bronte Beach, I literally had a, I was 16 years old, had a guy jump off um, Bronte Point and it was my first like mate, like first day at Bronte, yeah. first major resus, suicide, whatever you want to call it. He was dead for, uh, I think 30 minutes, but we, we, we ended up getting him back in. I, best thing that Kerbox ever did, one of the lifeguards down there, he's, he's retired now, but he actually pulled me in and said, mate, best way to learn is get straight on the chest and yeah, literally pumping away and... Um, we ended up getting a pulse back. He died seven days later, but oh, mentally, I think it was a save because we he was you know Sicily flatline dead. Yeah, got him back. Um, his family got to say goodbye to him, stuff like that. So mentally, Amazing. I was like, I dealt with it that way. Like I was like, well, I'm that bridge of helping someone. Yeah. And over the years, I've had numerous jobs, and you know, good and bad. So there, is it, there's not, I guess, a conscious kind of – you don't go home and, like, one way that you that you detach Mate, from the, that? The or? best way that I detach from it is uh, talking about it, definitely yeah. talking about it. Um, sometimes people don't want to know full details, but people that I'm pretty close to that are in the same trade or people that are just generally interested, yeah. tell them that it's a good way to get it off your chest. This is before I was a firefighter too, so we had, like, good debriefs. used to go – um, to last across the road from Bondi, the yeah. lifeguard tower, and have a beer there and just have a chat. And, yeah, just physical activity. I'll just go for Cause, runs. Because that get... was one thing in the lead-up to this. Link and I were obviously chatting about this interview and, um, you know, we're both super excited. And, you know, it's something that I said, I it, not knowing you personally, but I know Link personally, but I see a lot of similarities between the both of you, you know, Everyone obviously kind of has their struggles and their battles and, and you have this incredibly yep. tough job, but then you're out there as such a positive force in the community yep. and it's not an act. You're, you're actively lifting mm. people up and you are that positive guy, but it just it must be a struggle with what you see and what you go through to, to maintain that positivity sometimes. Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, you know, there's some jobs that, you know, stay with you, you never forget stuff, but at the same time, I think that's why I do this job or these yeah. jobs as a fire and a lifer because, you know, maybe I can deal with it. At, at this age, I'm 28 next week and, you know, who knows, um, you know, in five years' time, it might get too much. But at the moment, it's all good. The best way I uh, clear the head is go for a run, listen to, you know, a bit of Dara Brave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, are we, uh, mate, are we on just, commission? For yeah, that, no, no, how no, many no, downloads no. we yeah, yeah. Darryl, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but it's just I'm just very fortunate to be able to do what I love to do. Yeah, you know, I, I, I still get excited. I've been a fire for nearly four years. I've been a lifeguard for 14 years. I still get excited. I just come off shift now. You know, I didn't about get to that go. Much sleep literally wearing your uniform, your yeah. <laughs> uniform, and he's about to go and do a shift at Tamar. But mate, honestly, Maxie, there's a few people that like in my mind epitomises. Like Australia, and you are definitely one of those people who definitely epitomises an Aussie fighter. Because you know, first and foremost, your emergency services—you you, can't—you can't praise them enough. And when when hearing about 
you're the age that you started and your dream was always to want to help people. I yeah. want to know, it's like, have you always had that mindset? I always have, mate. Ever since I was two years old, I always aspired to become a firefighter. I literally used to sleep. Uh, my uncle used to be a fireman. He used to give me his old turnout gear. I used to sleep with that under the bed, with the garden hose. <laughs> I used to be like a full frother. Um, still am. <laughs> um, I think in kindergarten, I, ta- I took the fire extinguisher off the wall and sprayed an imaginary fire in the corner. <laughs> 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 I, just, I just love it. And, and I don't know, maybe I'm unique. Maybe I'm different. I know there's a lot of people probably listening to this podcast that probably have that passion and they probably feel like they're just missing a little bit of an ingredient to the to the the wonder of them actually achieving a goal. Um, but really, like all you have to do is add that one ingredient, and um, you're on your way. And persistence is the biggest thing. Patience and persistence is like that's for me. It's you know like little things that I've done. You know, like getting the lifeguards and then getting the fireys. You know, having three children's books, water safety children's books, uh, having a live, learn, survive workshops, teach water safety and fire safety around Australia and around the world. Um, and, you know, it's, you know, I've just got to keep chipping away. So like, that's, life's that's, like a workbench, mate. That's a really good point because you've been given this incredible platform, you know, obviously through the show mm. and, and kind of now through social media, but you've turned it into kind of an education piece as yeah. well, which is like preventing, I guess, disasters happening especially at the beach and just by the way we we're just talking about off air congratulations oh, winning an award you. for for the book thank um, you but is that something you want to kind of do more and step into more that that preventative measures in that education yeah. well definitely i think you know this great role models like yourselves you know we're all doing our part um but i think there's a bit of lack in the world these days of you know good role models and not so much i just you know want to be that person but by just being the underdog be in the background, just educating, passing on your knowledge. Those kids will soak it up. And in a weird way, like I just want this, schools do their part. We're trying to teach kids to swim, but it's just not enough. Yeah. And for me, I'm just trying to bridge that gap of getting every kid the opportunity to learn water safety, to know what signs mean, to read the books and obviously fire safety. A lot of people don't realize how important fire safety is, having working smoke alarms and stuff like that. So when I go in, I tell stories, I tell, you know, the facts yeah. and um, go into the sciences of things and make it – because, like I said, I wasn't that academic as a kid. So I know what the reluctant kid in the back is wants to hear. He yeah. wants to hear all the stories. He wants to hear, you know, he wants to be inspired. You're not, you're not putting it in a boring lecture. No, nah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. And it's not, it's not just lifeguarding and firefighting that you've brought into your passion circle, so to speak. Now, you know, you've, you've achieved the dreams that you said you've always wanted to do, but then that wasn't enough. You've wrote three children's books, and one of them has just won an award last week, The Stormy Protest, and the other two is Deep Water and Beach Battle. Now, Maxie, you, you also did a jet ski ride all the way up the East Coast. From Sydney to Cairns for mental health, uh... Even that in itself, when you told me that you were doing that, it blew me away. It's just while you're studying to be a firefighter, while you're working on Bondi Beach basically every single day, you, you're setting up your own mm. company to to go talk to schools about fire and water safety, writing your own children's books. You are also wanting to do a jet ski ride and and continually post about it on social media to raise awareness for mental health. Like, yeah. How, how long did that take? It took 16 days. We did wow. that back in 2013. It was, it was, it was a good time. Yeah. Um, you know, we inspired a lot of people on the way. We spoke to different people that are suffering from different mental health issues and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great experience. Me and Jesse Pollock, um, one of the lifeguards down there, we did it. And 
you know, little things like going back to what you said about setting goals and then reaching them. The problem is I think a lot of people set a goal, they reach it, and then they don't have a backup plan or they don't have a, don't have a B, step. C, D, yeah. or they don't, you know, and they get a bit stale, they get a bit boring, they get a bit, you know, dull. Yep. Um, and I'm, I'm just lucky that I'm aware of constantly setting the goals, setting the barriers. So I guess with that in mind, what's the next goal? <clears throat> well, um, so I've got the Max of the Lifeguard book series, yep. you know, from 8 to 13, 14-year-olds. You know, I'm, I want to do a Max of the Firefighter series. Yeah, and um, talk about bushfires and yeah. urban fire and, you know, how important fire safety is. So kind of entwine a fictional story but make it fun like that. So that's on the cards. And then go back to the UK. I've been to the UK four times in the last three years teaching water safety and fire safety over there. Yeah. So this might be simplifying it quite a lot. But, um, you know, what would be, I guess, for water safety, three top tips, you know, for someone listening now that just was a complete novice? Just um, make sure you swim between the flags. Yeah. It's, that's, you know, drummed into you as a kid. Um, you know, try and understand how the rips and how the beaches work. If it's a local beach, go down there, actively start looking at the water, look on YouTube, look on the internet, how to identify rips. Yeah. It comes over time. Um, you know, checking the signage. And if you are going to go to a beach, a lot of us like to travel around Australia and there's a lot of beaches that aren't patrolled. Yeah. Just know your surroundings. You know, if you, you're not the best swimmer, don't go past your waist. What? If you're not, if you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just... Just be aware of your surroundings. One thing, um, that's a really good point on your, your second point of kind of, you know, knowing the rips and knowing, you know, a lot of people aren't aware of that. But, you know, I was a lifesaver for 15 years and I used to love it when people would come up and ask. Mm. Um, you know, I think that's important when you're swimming at beaches that are patrolled and have lifeguards and lifesavers, you know, we're there, you know, we're not there just there to get a suntan, mm, you know yeah, what I mean? 100%. Or to save you when you get in trouble. You, uh, you're there to stop people getting in trouble well, Yeah, as exactly. Well. A lot of people don't realise, but the more rescue you do as a lifeguard, the worse you're doing your job. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Our, our whole job is prevention. And yeah. you know, all the rescues you see on Bondi and stuff like that, yeah, or, you know, sometimes we miss a few and we have to go rescue them. But a lot of the time we're on the megaphones, we're trying to prevent people going into the rips. Yeah. You don't want to rescue them. No. Nah, nah. <laughs> you want to stop nah, them. you don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, another cool, like, you know, just go through, just make sure you learn how to swim. I don't care yeah. how old you are, knowing how to swim. Even if you can't, you know, swim like Thorpe in a 50-meter pool, we're not asking you to be the fastest swimmer or have the best technique, but know how to stay afloat, know how to remain calm. Not being calm is the biggest killer because when you panic, you're exerting all your energy, all your oxygen, all your air in your system. If you a little test, I tell the kids, you know when you go to a pool and you hold on to the lane rope and you you breathe out and you naturally feel like a pin drop, you just want to sink? That's what happens when you're in a rip, like you're fighting to stay afloat. You're losing all that air and oxygen. Air and oxygen keeps you buoyant. Yeah. If you'll remain calm and you take a deep breath, raise your weaker hand, let the rip do its thing, as you know. Yeah. Rips a lot of the time only go out to where the surfers are. Yeah. Um, you know, unless unless you're in that really crazy storm and it, the rip might go for two K out the sea. But yeah. very rarely you're not a lot of the time rips you... go in a big circle. They go out around the surfers, back, get pushed in with the waves, go back around again. Yeah. So, See, I've been around water my entire life, but hearing that is is wicked. It's it's mm. it's actually really cool to be reminded mm. of stuff like that. And, mm. and I'm sitting here just like nodding yeah. away going, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, with the water stuff too, but the, what I love about the fire stuff too. Yeah, I was going to say, I, hit I, us with I, your I say, fire yeah, tips. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with the kids, so smoke alarms, smoke alarms, smoke alarms. You hear people saying, oh, smoke alarms. But I always say to the kids, oh, okay, where, where do you have your smoke alarm in your house? And hands up. Half of them put their hands up that's in their kitchen. All well and good. You could have it near the kitchen, but 
guarantee, you know, if you're not, I'm not pointing to you, no, but no, no. if you're not the best cook or your mum and dad, he was not pointing the best at cook. Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not the best cook, <laughs> if you're not the best cook, and um, you know, setting it off all the time, and you know, classic. As a kid, I remember mum and dad doing it. You know, they just pick up the broom and they literally knock it off the wall. They take the nine volt battery out, and there's no fire protection. Hmm. So all well and good, it alerts you for a kitchen during the day or during the evening. But what they're actually designed to do is to wake you up. So having in your bedroom or in your hallway, early detection gives you time to be able to get out of your room or your, your house or wherever you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the time, people don't realise that smoke actually puts you more to sleep. So if you have a smoke alarm in your kitchen and you're in your bedroom and there's a fire in the hallway and it goes creeps into your room, mm-hmm. like, get to you it, could, it, could, be, it could be too late. And a lot of the time, a lot of people don't realise and it's the biggest killer it, a lot of the time, the smoke is what kills you more than, you know, in Hollywood movies, yeah. you see the fire and that. Yeah, eventually the fire will burn you, but you'll be long gone before the fire gets you. Right. So what I try and tell the kids, make sure you have those smoke alarms, smoke detectors in places that are going to alert you when you're asleep because smoke actually puts you more to sleep. You're not going to wake up. What are the biggest fire hazards? Oh, um, mate, dodgy. You know, the one thing I always remember, because I was the king of it, when, um, you know, you used to have the old iPhone chargers mm. and you used to get when you, you lose oh, the I, the, you, the mm. a, Apple ones yeah. the, the good ones and you go to the servo down at 7-Eleven yeah, yeah. you grab the dodgy yeah. $10 ones yeah, yeah. mate like you hear about a lot of them failing because um, they overheat and stuff like that um, some products just over time just wow. wear and tear um, overused power boards heaters if you've got a fat fire in your kitchen and people putting water on the fat fire it yeah. expands and then the range hoods catches the light and then Everything in your kitchen catches a light. Um, yeah, there's so many different factors, but, you know, even the classic, yesterday there was a house fire out west, and I heard it on the radio, it was from a candle. Like, you know, you think, like, you know, people, but people still use candles, people still use incense, still, people still use these things, and yeah. fires do happen. And the sad thing is, back in the 60s and 50s, a house used to take 20 minutes to burn down. Yeah. Now, guess how long, how, how quick do you reckon a house can go? A full house involved. I would have no idea. Like, so back in, back in the day, twenty minutes, thirty minutes. Right. How, how long do you? Reckon I would have now? thought. I would have thought longer, but um, like now, longer. Yeah. yeah. I would have thought that. No, nah, it's the other way. It's actually five minutes, less than five. Five minutes. minutes. So do yourselves a favor after this podcast. Look on YouTube. Type in um, flash over, flash flash over in a normal room, and there's videos on the internet of like the normal couch, TV, you know, lounge bits and pieces like what you'll see in a house, and two and a half minutes, the whole place is fully involved. And this is stuff. And it that all starts from a cigarette butt, or a you know. That's just really a little, scary. It is, mate, and, and it's because of the way that things are made these days. Yeah, you know, all well and good, but things are made cheaply. Um, you know, the, the yeah, the materials that we use, things are just combustible now. Yeah. Because it's cheaper to make. So this is the kind of stuff you're seeing on a daily basis. And mm. this is like what you were just sort of explaining to us is is kind of Scotty and I are looking at each other, is going like, holy crap, you're seeing this on a daily basis as a fiery. You're, you're doing rescues and prevention every single day as a lifeguard. And then you're going to schools and you're telling kids things, but your, your outlet is to, is to talk to those close to you and then obviously chuck on a yeah. bit of Daryl, go for yeah, a run, yeah, go, go for a Go for a surf. run. Um, definitely as I get older, I love the, the old you know, 5Ks. 5Ks is perfect. It's not too far, not too, not too short. Yeah. 5K run um, clears the mind. You know, a lot of body weight, stuff like that. Um, I used to get in the gym, but gym doing big heavy weights didn't really work for me. Now I've gone back to the, you know, the, the running, More the Pilates, the swimming, natural, um, you know, body weight, like chin-ups, push-ups. Stuff I guess like that. that's job specific as well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, but you think as a fiery, you yeah. know, like 
heavyweights and that, not really. Like I'm the fittest I've been in probably ever since I was, um, you know, 18. I, I remember I was the heaviest I was, was like 95, 96 kilos. Now I'm in the 88, 87. And it's just, just because of the ch- change of training and less injuries and, you know, better mindset. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, weight, bigger weights didn't work for me, but it works for some people. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, And I guess, um, so I know we'll wrap it up pretty soon because I know you, he, hmm. Maxie's actually heading straight <laughs> back to the beach <laughs> to, to go on patrol. But It's all good, mate. But it's all how good. important is that physical fitness for, for both jobs? Oh, definitely, mate. Uh, you, you need to stay fit because, you know, you never know when you have to climb up countless amount of stairs, yep. um, you know, crawl along the floor. It's not just a, yourself you're carrying either. You've got yeah. the gear. You've got the gear. That's the, the, our breathing apparatus alone is 20 kilos. So you've wow. got that. Um, you know, with the lifeguard stuff, you just need to make sure that you're prepared for small surf, big surf, yeah. you know, be able to hold your breath. Just having that strength of, I don't know, pushing when you need to push. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but like I said, I changed my training in the last probably two years to, you know, Pilates, running, swimming, board paddling, uh, push-ups, chin-ups, just to... Practical Mix it up fitness, and yeah. bike as well, bike riding. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> I've put the liker on a few times, did a few charity <laughs> rides for the Burns unit. What are uh, they called? Mammals? Mammals, middle yeah. Age middle man. aged man. Oh, in lycra? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah mammals. <laughs> but uh, it made a good little hit out on the on the um, treadmill and the spin bike, the stationary bike. That's a good little yep. hit out too. A lot of people think, ah, but if you push, you get your heart rate up, you can, you know, lose a few calories yeah. from doing it. So, you know, I just like to mix it up. Yeah, it's no, good fun, and, and, and you put a, you know, I don't mind a good podcast at Joe Rogan. I love, I'm a bit of a, bit of a nerd when it comes to astrophysics and stuff like that. I love the yeah, space yeah, stuff, that, so yeah. whenever he gets Neil deGrasse Tyson or... I just saw Link's eyes light up, <laughs> yeah. mate. That's another, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, another yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or, or, Brian, or Brian Cox, the, yeah. uh, you know, the, all these guys that he gets in, and um, yeah, it's, it's a, you know, I'll just put that in, or a bit of, yeah. <laughs> I'll just say it again. Bit of Daryl. Yeah, got to chuck Daryl <laughs> in there. A bit of Johnny Farnham. The top three, mate. Daryl Braithwaite horses. Acoustic. <laughs> Daryl Braithwaite horses, you know, maybe normal version and then maybe... Remastered. The ex- maybe, yeah, remastered and yeah. then maybe the extended version. <laughs> into, into, it's like Queen. Like, you know, we will rock you into We Are The Champions. Yeah. It'll be Daryl horses into You're The Voice. Oh, stop mate. Oh, that, stop that, 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 now that... The amount, of time, so the amount of times that I've been uh, fist pumped and carried through the crowd because... I'll tell you a quick funny story. It, majority of the time when I, I don't go out that often because I'm always blah, 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 blah. And when I do go out, you know, the old bourbon and coke, you know, that, that, yeah. that's what gets me fired up. <laughs> and um, if you go to, like, I never, how do I explain it? I go to these clubs or pubs and there'll be some bloke playing techno music all night, right? But all that doof doof stuff. And the whole time, mate, on that pest, going, Daryl. <laughs> and, then, and then, like, you know, as, you know, People are drinking around you and that. They go, yeah, Daryl, yeah. So I kind of build like a little resistance. (laughs) And then like it would come up to the last song and it would be like, Daryl, Daryl. And then like – this, the amount of times where the last song, the DJ's gone, ah, stuff it. Yeah, just put Daryl, you just hear that, you know, that. Oh, the, the starting the intro. Of the, yeah, the yeah. intro. <laughs> Mate, Gives you I kid you not, there's been times where I've been at the back, just sipping on me burn. <laughs> and, mate, the whole crowd just turn and just go. Daryl, <laughs> and it's like this, the, the it's like Moses of the Caesar sees part, and I just walk straight up there, and I just fist pump and I, and I, and, you know, and he's running, and he does the thing, yeah, a yeah, fist the pump. life jump, yeah, the life jump. I don't know where he is, but I support him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> but yeah, like that, you know, there's little things like that, mate. Oh, that's that's what life's all about. Just those moments of in Man, time. We're, um, we'll put the link to to the song in the yeah, yeah. description I, I of this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> mate, before we wrap up, I just want to ask you quickly two things for the listeners, also for myself, but um, to put out there. One is uh, we we ask uh, everyone that comes in. What does what does strength mean to you? And and that be mentally, emotionally, physically, whatever strength means to you. And and another thing is is um, what advice would you have for someone looking for that outlet? I guess you know, struggling to just sort of go. I have got a lot on my mind, or something's a lot's going on. It's weighing me down. Well, what advice? I, do you I think have? Um, you know, and for there's, you know, I'm not going to lie. You know, I have some bad days where you know you're not 100 percent, and you might be a bit overtired, or you, you you might your diet might not be the best. Um, you know, you might have a really bad rescue job, but all in all, I think if you're just generally a nice guy or a nice person, you believe and you, and you create that aura around you that, you know, you're always kind of smiling, you're trying to, you know, be upbeat, upbeat, you know, depending on the crowd you're with, you know, if you're with your close mates, a couple of cheeky jokes, a couple of, you know, not, not so much dark humor. I'm not going to say dark humor, but the best way that I explain, I've never been and, I've got a lot of acquaintances, I've got a lot of mates, but I haven't got a lot of best, best mates. And I, and the reason why I say that, and I think from an early age, is I noticed that, you know, I know we're all good, mate, good mates here, but what I notice is when you've got a core group of mates and you kind of blank everyone else out, every one of your mates needs to be equal. And if you start exceeding in something, they all try and bring you down, which is, you know, tall poppy syndrome and stuff like that. But I always feel that you can't, get your true p- potential if you're just surrounded by the people that are just kind of keeping you in that little mold of, oh, what are you doing this weekend? Well, we're going, we're going to the pub, you're coming. Or we're, we're doing this, we're doing that. So you kind of become a bit of a sheep. Mm-hmm. For me, I've always been that person where, you know, I always like to, the analogy I like to use is, you know, there's two paddocks and there's like a little hill next to the paddock and I'm on the hill and you've got the person next door in their little, you know, paddock you got the shepherd and the sheep. I'm still mates with the shepherd. Hey, mate, how are you? Yeah, how's this weather? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, beautiful. Right? And you got the shepherd that has the sheep around him, the people that just follow him and everything he does. And I still pat the sheep. Hello, sheep. And I feed him, <laughs> you know, whatever. But I, there's still a fence between them. I just do my own thing in my own paddock. Correct me if I'm wrong. What you're trying to say is you, like you, you want to surround yourself with the motivators and the yes. encouragers and, and, the people and that people, lift you up. Yeah, and you and want pe- to make sure you keep that, that stimulating crowd like around you. Alone, mate. Who- and I'm really good at picking people that are not genuine. You know, I'm on a different path to some people. And I just, I don't, you know, I don't care what people think. I don't care because I know in truly in myself that, you know, everything I do is positive, happy and trying to give back. I think that's actually a really good point. Like I think um, people think that being a good guy means you have to be friends with everyone. It's not, not true, everyone mate. is but compatible. The thing is, no, and 100%. Yeah. And, but the thing is though, if you just do your own thing, those people that mean something to you yeah. or people that want to be around you make time for you. They'll gravitate to you. They'll gravitate to you. Yeah. So there's no way in the world I'd be where I am today if I got bunkered down with, you know, some people that I grew up with, you know, like it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's just, we call them energy vampires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always like to visualize a little sailing boat at a bay and the wind's just about to pick up and it's tied down with a few ropes and I've just got this big machete, right? And that, that negative energy, that person, whoever, or that energy that's there, that's at the bay or at the dock. I literally, no hesitation, just walk around it and just literally, as they say, cut ties. I, yeah. I just, in my head, I just go, ching, ching. Ching, ching, let the wind just take it. 
Yeah. If it just goes yeah, and I can just see myself at the end of the dock just going, how good's life? How good's this? You see that boat and all that negative energy out there. You know, why would you want to be around people that don't support you and don't generally want to... The nah. best for you. Exactly. exactly. And number one rule, you need to always look after yourself. Yeah. I know it well sounds said. very selfish, but you need to look after yourself before you could help anyone. Nah. Nah, well good said. message. Mate, thank you so much again for yeah. for jumping in here and jumping on the mic no between worries. shifts. Thank you for having me. We'll, um, <laughs> we'll let you get into lifeguard mode, but, mate, you're an absolute champion. And, um, guys, if you're listening, make sure you pick up the books, Maxi the Lifeguard series. Jump online. You have a website, right, yeah. that tells all about the Live, Learn, Survive yeah, so programs that you do? lifeguardmaxi.com.au, and it's got all the info about the Live, Learn, Survive workshops I do around the schools and stuff like that, So, and the books and, and awesome. bits and pieces. So, and yeah. obviously tune in to... Another network and check Bondi, <laughs> Bondi <laughs> Rescue. Uh, yeah, I'm going to look up the stats. Obviously, I'm here with a with the Home and Away icon and a and a Bondi lifeguard legend. It'd be interesting to see who has the bigger UK fan base. Oh. I reckon that would be pretty close. I reckon 2020, mate. Me oh, and you. I th- I'm dead set, mate. We'll, we'll do was... half. We'll do half Home and Away, half Bondi. I but, think that'd uh, be good. I'll be, um, who, who, who's yeah, someone, who's someone on Home and Away? I could be from back in the day. Oh, mate. I reckon. I, I reckon if you were to come in on Home and Away, you could be like Alf's grandson. You're oh, like. I reckon yeah. that's. Like yeah, so be... the SES bloke, like you know, I'm, yes! part of, I'm a bushy out at uh, Palm Beach. You just Sun, come in, Summer Bay yeah, Rescue, yeah, yeah, yeah. Summer Bay Rescue, and then you coming with me, the, the water safety eye. Yeah, hey, I'm here with Whippet, Chapo, I, Chapo. I, yeah. I, I could be Maxie's apprentice. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. it's like how we started up. Yeah. He's he's out there faking yeah. and drowning yeah, just yeah, to get yeah, on yeah. Bondi Rescue. But thanks, boys, for having me. Been a pleasure, Maxie. Stoked to be here. Chat soon. Thanks for the chat, mate. Love you, Daryl. All right, well, there you have it, our chat with Trent Maxi Maxwell. Um, Daryl. For those listening at home, um, a fun drinking game is to actually go back and listen to this podcast again and drink every time Daryl Braithwaite's <laughs> name is mentioned. Um, <laughs> I don't know that that's promoting responsible drinking, to be honest, but um, it'll sure lead to a good night. Mate, um, what a guy. What a know? bloke, yeah. He... Um, like we kind of said in the intro and chatted to Maxi about, you know, staying so positive in the face of such adversity and, and kind of such full on jobs, it kind of really shows, you know, when we go about our everyday lives and those small inconveniences that can completely derail our days, Mm -hmm. it's, if someone like Maxi can go about his day and, and remain that type of person and, and be that uplifting force in people's lives, you know, a traffic jam shouldn't get us down kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it's a good inspiration to th- put things into perspective, isn't it? It's not all that bad. Yeah. You know, someone cuts in front of you in your lane. Look, it's it's it's, it's a minor inconvenience at best, but... And, and I don't know about you, but I'm going to go straight home from this recording studio and unplug every electrical appliance. <gasps> oh, <laughs> mate, isn't, that, isn't it unbelievable? Isn't that like, scary? It is, mate. It is. And and that's why it's, it's another great thing that he's doing because he's actually educating the, the new generation, the young kids about stuff like this, stuff that... You really like you go to school to learn, you know, your basic maths, your English, your, all the different things. Some I never really paid attention to, but the basic necessities of things around your household, the, the basic life hack skills, if mm. you will, that's that's the kind of stuff that is really awesome. That he's he's taking the initiative and going and teaching these younger kids about, and then on top of that, water safety, just your, your real world skills, life right? skills, exactly yeah. right. Um, so just to kind of reinforce, you can definitely catch Maxie on um, Bondi Rescue on Channel Ten. Um, definitely pick up his book series. Um, we're going to stock up for our nieces and nephews. Yeah, um, Maxie the Lifeguard book series, and then jump on to Maxie's website as well to learn about his Live Learn Survive program. Um, guys, thank you so much again for tuning into another episode of Strength Sessions. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe in the podcast app. 
Link, mate, what's on for you for the rest of the day? Mate, I reckon after just chatting with Maxie, then I'm going to put together a new playlist and just be like, Daryl Braithwaite, Daryl Braithwaite, you're the voice, Daryl Braithwaite. I'm going to go listen to some Daryl and go for a run. Please share that with me. <laughs> mate, until next time, Link, thanks for joining me. Always a pleasure, mate. And um, we'll catch you all again on the next episode of Strength Set. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.